Hey there, I'm Jessica Rosenworcel, and I'm a member of the Federal Communications Commission. Welcome to Broadband Conversations, the podcast where we get to talk to women across the technology, innovation, and media sectors, and we get to hear about what they're working on, what's on their minds, and what's next for the future. And for this episode, I'm going to put a real emphasis on the future because today I am joined by a woman who is committed to building a better future for every girl. She's a brownie-turned-rocket scientist, and if you haven't guessed it yet, I'm talking about Sylvia Acevedo, the CEO of the Girl Scouts of America. Now, I'm going to let her tell you how she went from Girl Scout herself to working for NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab to leading the largest leadership organization for girls in the world. But first, let me give you just a bit of context. It was way back in 1912 that a woman named Juliet Gordon Lowe started the first Girl Scout troop. And from there, the organization has grown to represent 2.6 million members. And there are a whole lot of famous folks who used to be Girl Scouts, including Serena and Venus Williams, Katie Couric, and Taylor Swift. And get this, 76% of female U.S. senators and over half the women serving in the U.S. House of Representatives are Girl Scout alums. I'm going to add to that, yours truly used to be a brownie. So, Sylvia, thank you for being here and for all the work you do. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here. Thank Uh, you very much. Now, your resume is just so impressive. Engineer, rocket scientist with NASA, technology expert, author, and now you are the CEO of the Girl Scouts. That is so much for one person, one lifetime, but I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit of how you got started on this path. Well, thank you very much. You know, I grew up in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I was born in South Dakota, but moved to Las Cruces when I was quite young. And, you know, my family really struggled with uh, living paycheck to paycheck, poverty, uh, living with family members sometimes because we didn't have money enough to make ends meet. Um, But luckily enough for me, I got involved in Girl Scouts. And Girl Scouts taught me how to create opportunity. And, you know, that's so important because when you're living from a, with a family who lives paycheck to paycheck, you don't know how to create opportunity. And through the Girl Scout Cookie Program, I learned how to set goals, how to break up the path in terms of achievable steps, how to make business decisions, how to give good customer service, basically how to make my goals and dreams come true. But in addition to that, Girl Scouts also taught me one of my most important lessons in life which is never walk away from a sale until you've heard no three times. And that's so important because it taught me how to overcome, um, you know, objections. It taught me about persistence. It taught me about resilience. And for a girl like me growing up in southern New Mexico at that time who learned through the Girl Scout program that I liked science because I earned my science badge making Estes rockets, and I realized I could do math, I could do science, Girl Scouts gave me that confidence, gave me that edge, so that I took science and math classes, and I got really good at it. So good, I became a rocket scientist. Whoa, so I'm so wow. grateful that I had that opportunity through Girl Scouts of how to create opportunity, how to make my goals, break my goals up into smaller achievable goals and make my dreams come true, and then also my love of math and science. I learned to be persistent and resilient so that I could become so good at it, I became a rocket scientist. Oh, that's such a good story. And what an ode to the Girl Scouts. Um, Now, you mentioned this interest in math and science. So where did that 
really come from? What were you doing in southern New Mexico that got you so interested in space and rockets? Was it in school or was it elsewhere? So what happened there was I was on a camping trip with Girl Scouts, and it was the first camping trip I was on, and I had just finished eating my first s'mores, so I think I was in sugar ecstasy. <laughs> Everyone remembers that. the first time you had that combination. It's so good. <laughs> yes, and I was sitting looking at the stars in New Mexico, and there's a lot of stars, and my troop leader saw me, and she sat next to me, and she started pointing out the, star, the constellations and what were planets and what were stars. And that was such a new experience for me. I kind of thought that there were just twinkly lights up there, right? I didn't know there were systems, constellations, planets. And she remembered that conversation so that later on when we were earning badges and I wanted to earn a cooking badge because all my friends were earning cooking badges and I wanted to be like my friends, she encouraged me to also earn my science badge. And she remembered me looking at the stars, so she said, why don't you do something around space? So to earn my science badge, I made an Estes rocket, and it took me trial and error to finally get that, to leave, you know, break gravity's grip and, and pierce the beautiful blue New Mexico sky. It took me a while to do that, but in that process, I learned a few things. One, you know, how to problem solve, how to troubleshoot. Also, that cooking was a lot like the rocket experience. You first had to read directions. You had to get the ingredients or the chemicals right. You had to get the sequencing right. And you also had to get the heat source right. And by doing that, then you could have success. And I realized I could do this. And that was a really important moment because there was so much in society that was not, you know, uh, really focusing girls on science, technology, engineering, and math. But yet I realized, you know, I like science and I can do it. So I started taking more science and math. And I got, you know, when you do something and you like it, you get better at it because you do it more. And then because you do it more, you get even better. So I had this virtuous circle. Um, I used to do not just the odd but the even problems. I would do the unassigned problems that the math that the teacher gave me. So I got really good at math. I got rocket scientists good at math. And I could really pin that back to that moment in Girl Scouts when my troop leader saw me looking at the stars. Wow. I, I love that image of you looking at the stars and New Mexico. And what is even neater is I know that you've written a book and you did title it Path to the Stars. So I feel like it all goes back to the same story. Now, I also know that you wrote that book primarily for middle school-aged readers. And I'm wondering why you did that and why you wanted to focus on those years and those readers and kids of that age. So, you know, I think of it as, you know when you see an elevator door closing and you stick your hand or your purse in there and the door... Oh, my gosh, every day. I know exactly what you're talking about. You always hope that it has that sensor. Right. So I feel like my book is that for girls in middle school or youth in middle school. It's that kind of that last moment that you can really affect the trajectory of their life. Because if they study science and math today and get at least competent in it or at least confidence around it, there will be a world of opportunities for careers for them. But if you don't have a modicum of math and science, then the amount of opportunities in terms of careers that are are going to be available to you in the 21st century is significantly reduced. So I saw this moment, this book as being the literal, you know, 
hand or, or book in the door, stopping those elevator doors like, wait, um, you know, science and math can be fun and it can not only open up the world of opportunity, it can develop your potential. When I think about myself, my potential was so developed because of my interest in science and math, and I've been able to have this amazing life because of that. And so I wrote that book for middle school to give those um, readers that opportunity that they can have hope, that they can have a life of their dreams. This was my path to the stars, and I wanted to give them hope that they can have a life of their dreams as well. That metaphor makes so much sense because so much of our life is digital and we want to figure out how so many more people can participate, not just as consumers, but as creators. And I know the Girl Scouts, with your leadership, has had a really revived focus on science, technology, engineering, and math fields. And I'm sure that's part and parcel with your background and the kind of things that you wrote in your book. But how about you talk a little bit about the kinds of projects and badges that you've actually encouraged Girl Scouts to take on. So I'm really excited about that. You know, in the last three years, we've had um, 100 new badges come out, um, many of them focused on STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, and the great outdoors. And we did that because we needed to be relevant to girls. You know, the world is changing very rapidly around digital technology. And as you mentioned, we don't want girls just to be users. Right. We want them to be the creators, the inventors, the designers. There is a world being rewritten around us line by line, algorithm by algorithm, and girls are typically not included. And we want to make sure that they are included in the way products are developed, are rolled out, are considered, because they're going to be in everything. They're going to be in our professional life, our personal life. My goodness, they're surrounding us in our homes as well. What I love about our programs is, yes, we did things like robotics and STEM and, and math and coding and design thinking, but as we were doing focus groups with girls to see what else they wanted, that's when they said, we want to know more about cybersecurity. They want to know more about how do you protect your digital life, your oh digital existence. That's so and important. I will say it is so important, and our reception has been phenomenal. Um, in the last six months, you know, in the first six months of our digital uh, cybersecurity badges, we have over 84,000 badges being earned on cybersecurity. And these are just ages 5 to 10. We are now rolling out the older girl badges from 11 to 18. So that means there's 20,000-plus daisies, 20,000-plus brownies, 20,000-plus uh, juniors that are learning about cybersecurity. And what I love is that parents reach out to me on social media and say, my daughter came home and, and said, Mom, Dad, what is the protocol for our uh, Wi-Fi protections and our passwords? And they're like, huh? <laughs> right? And if their daughters are learning how to protect their passwords, how to protect their family's information, their information, how to track whether something is accurate or somebody's doing malware or a spam, you know, we're really teaching them very relevant skills. We're teaching them about networking and how viruses get passed. And, you know, I find that parents say to us, I'm so glad that you're doing this because the, even our home environment, from our garage doors to our refrigerators to our washer dryers to even our thermostats, they're all controlled digitally. And one woman said to me that, you know, she doesn't like that she doesn't feel confident around technology because it makes her feel inadequate. And one day there was severe weather and her thermostat wasn't working. 
And there was nothing she could do. There was no button to push. It wasn't working. And so her home got incredibly cold. And no parent wants to feel inadequate, like they can't keep their family warm. But when her daughter woke up and she said, oh, the thermostat's not working, and the daughter goes, oh, mom, just reboot the router. And they did, and the thermostat came to life, and the heater came to life. And the mom said, I'm just so grateful for what she's learning that's so practical at Girl Scouts because the world is really moving to be a digital world and a digital environment, and we want them to not just only have the interest, the confidence, but the competence to be able to manage that world and to see themselves in it. What a great story. I mean, we see that here every day because... At the FCC, we think about connecting everything in the world around us and the Internet of Things. But with all that connectivity and opportunity comes all sorts of security challenges. And the idea that girls can earn a badge at the Girl Scouts to start figuring out how to address those problems. Look, you're doing an incredible service, not just for household security, but for national security by making them all so competent. That's terrific. Well, thank you for saying that. And one of the things I love about Girl Scouts is that we really ask our girls to take action. You just don't earn a badge. You have to show that you have taken action with the skill that you have learned. So one of the things I'm hearing all across the country with our girls that are five all the way to age nine, once they're earning these cyber badges, they're thinking, how can I take action? And across America, they're going to senior centers, and they're teaching um, seniors how to make sure their Wi-Fi's uh, passwords are protected, that they don't, don't have an open network. If they have a mobile device, how to make sure that they have privacy settings set. And I love that because they are taking action in a way to make their community safer. But we also have some girls that have taken it even a further step, and they live in the agricultural areas of America. And that now, I don't know if you know, but even our tractors and combines are run by sensors. They don't even have steering wheels. They're so sophisticated. And girls are working on projects on what is the sustainability of our food supply when the Internet of Things gets hacked and our tractors and combines aren't useful. Wow. And that's because a girl has learned about cybersecurity, and she's also learned through Girl Scouts of how do you make the world a better place? How do you protect your community? Oh, my gosh. You're blowing my mind in such a big way, the kind of things that these girls are taking on. I mean, that's real preparation for the digital future. Well, yeah. You know, and just on another note, in terms of civics, at Girl Scouts, we also are releasing additional badges on civics. So we're doubling the number of civics badges. So we're the only major youth nonprofit that has civics programs from age 5 to 18, which is why, you know, 60% of the women in, in Congress were Girl Scouts or why half of all female elected officials in America were Girl Scouts. But here's how it ties into cybersecurity, which is back to your national security issue, is that we also teach girls about the love of country and patriotism. So it's no surprise that many of our girls, as they're learning about cybersecurity, they're immediately pivoting to think about, how do I protect my home? my school, my community, our financial systems, our water supply, our electrical grid, and yes, even our voting system. We've got girls who are thinking about how do we do that. And I love how that confluence has happened between civics and also STEM. All right. So you've gone from cybersecurity to community to country, and I'm going to take you to cookies because you knew that this (laughs) was not going to end without me asking But I want to go beyond um, talking about my love for Thin Mints and my capacity to digest a full sleeve in one sitting to talking about what you brought up at the start, 
which is selling cookies is pitching an idea, walking up to someone and saying, I have something to offer and I'm going to ask you to listen. And that's such an important skill. And I'm sure you've been in rooms like me where there just aren't enough women at the table. And we might be the only ones, especially when it comes to technology. So I'm trying to think about that experience and that tradition of cookie sales. And what does that mean when, it, when you think about Girl Scouts and preparing them for the future? You know, the iconic cookie program has launched so many entrepreneurs as also, and also business leaders across America. I go and meet with business executives, and I will say, they all tell me, you know, I got my start selling Girl Scout cookies. I was out at Silicon Valley, and I realized that 80% of the female tech leaders I was meeting that were born in the U.S. were all Girl Scouts. And there is a very high correlation, and it starts with the cookie program. You set goals. You learn business ethics. You learn about good customer service. You learn about uh, decision-making, goal-setting, and those are invaluable skills. But as you mentioned, it's also pitching an idea. You know, the story I like to say is, you know, the three no's. You know, I grew up in a culture where children were not supposed to speak first. They were, all, they were supposed to, you know, listen and only speak when an adult spoke to them. That's really hard to do when you're trying to make your goal of selling cookies. And so that concept of, you know, when somebody says no, how do you get around that? How do you pitch it and change your pitch until you finally get to a yes? That was just invaluable experience that helped me at a very young age in elementary school to get over that no so I could make my cookie goals. But then in high school, when my college counselor told me I couldn't go to college because girls like me didn't go to college, you know, to me, she was just the first no. And I walked into her office, and she followed me. And so then she said, well, okay, what do you want to study? And I said, an engineer. And she laughed. And she said, girls aren't engineer. But that was my second no, right? I didn't let that deter me. And that was a skill that I first learned through the cookie program. And there are so many women who I meet today, and they tell me, did you know I was the top cookie seller in my region? I'm not surprised. You're the CEO of a big company. I'm not surprised you were also the top cookie seller when you were a kid. So grit and Girl Scout cookies, they go together. That's how you'd put it. Absolutely. Now, before I let you go, there are a few questions I'd like to ask everyone at the end of our conversation. It's really a quick take and survey on how you use the Internet. So the first question is this. What was the first thing that you remember doing on the Internet or online? Message boards. Yes. So communicating, message boards. Were you someone who was just uh, combing through and looking at what was said, or were you someone who was contributing? Oh, I was a contributor. Ah, awesome. Of course, you were a Girl Scout. Um, Now, what was the last thing you did on the Internet, no matter how mundane? So, you know, I think it falls into the buckets of maybe doing some research or um, you know, correspondence either through social media or emails, and then also catching up on the news. Yeah. So now the big question. What do you think the future of the Internet and digital life looks like? I think about this all the day, all the time, and that's why we have so many programs 
for Girl Scouts that are with digital and STEM because the world is being remade line by line, code by code, and a lot of times girls and women have not been in the table, and we need to make sure that they're at the table when these decisions are being made or they're shaping the solutions themselves. So you're going to see an increase of women who are Girl Scouts, who are going to be starting new companies, who are going to be designing code, and who are going to be making changes to the status quo that exists, especially around privacy. I mean, we've allowed a lot of technology to know so much about behavioral data, and we've given that that right for ourselves and also for our children, which has often been a personal safety issue for families. I think a lot of women want to put that genie back in the bottle. So you're going to see some big changes as more women get involved in the intern who have the skills to do the designing, the coding, the um, entrepreneurship. You're going to see other solutions emerge, and I'm very excited about that. Oh, I like your excitement. I like the way that you put all of that, especially, as you said, line by line, code by code, the world changing around us. Uh, those are mm-hmm. words to remember. Now, where can folks keep up to date with what you're doing? In other words, where can they reach out to you or watch you online? Okay. You know, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, and my hashtag Sylvia Acevedo, or on Instagram, it's also my middle name, which is Sylvia Elia, E-L-I-A, Acevedo. Um, through Girl Scouts, you can find me. Um, I also have a website, sylviaacevedo.org. Or, you know, just look in your internet browser and I, I come up very high on the search engine. Ah, um, but er, yeah, like every that. day we are really focused on how do we get more girls of courage, confidence, and character who are focused on making the world a better place and making sure they have the right skills so that they can affect the change they want to see in the world. Well, thank you. That wraps up another episode of Broadband Conversations. Sylvia, I'm so glad you were able to join us today and thank you to everyone for listening. Take care.